So, so we're recording, and every day during this great and terrible pause, Cood Street is calling up readers and book lovers from around the world and asking them what they've been reading, what they'd recommend to others, and what they have coming up. Today I'm joined by the author of more than a dozen novels, author of the Dream Hunter duet and the Absolute uh, Book. That was horrible. I might try that again. <laughs> Sorry. Every day during this great and terrible pause, Cood Street is calling up readers and book lovers from around the world and asking them what they've been reading, what they'd recommend to others, and what they have coming up. Today I'm joined by the author of more than a dozen novels, author of The Dream Hunter Duet and The Absolute Book, New Zealand Order of Merit and Honorary Elizabeth Knox, who joins me from the distant city of Wellington somewhere in New Zealand. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi, Jonathan. <laughs> and my apologies for that tongue-tied introduction. <laughs> In Perth. I love Perth. I've only been there once, but yeah, I'd love to get back there one day. One day. So how are you? How are you dealing with these strange and difficult times? Well, because we've just had this this outbreak, we're all reeling and we're kind of waiting for five o'clock when we find out whether whether uh, we're going to – Wellington's going to go into level three or whether we get to stay at level two, which really basically in our household will mean that, you know – the, the son in his 20s who has a rich social life won't go completely insane. He's very, actually very good at, you know, kind of keeping himself entertained. <laughs> but but <laughs> it, it, I, th- I think it's quite hard for people looking after small children and and young people who are in the full flush of romances and and parties and the joys of youth. Yeah, we're not socially designed to be shut in. I, I, th- I think, you know, a lot of the writers that I've spoken to over the last four or five months have talked about how, in theory, it shouldn't make a lot of difference to them because they're used to being at home alone working. But there's a real difference in choosing to be home alone and being shut in, isn't there? That's right. And um, we rely much more than we think we do on a kind of a, just a dose of variety in the people around us and in places we go, even when we're really good at just sitting at the desk. So when you, when you don't have that dose, suddenly you feel very deprived. Yeah. So tell me, uh, given all the, the strangeness at the moment, have you been able to, to read, to work, to function, or have you been trapped in the fog of, of, of 2020? Well, work, I had, fortunately, I had to climb the great mountain of teaching on Zoom. So I was teaching mm-hmm. the first trimester, um, just a, 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 a workshop course, but it was a collaborative workshop and um, mm-hmm. trying to transfer a collaborative class from 12 people in a room to Zoom was challenging to say the least. So that consumed quite a lot of time in a bad way and also in a time-consuming way, which probably was quite good. Uh, I got my um, structural editing from uh, my publishers in the UK and the US for the, the their edition of the Absolute Book at the very end of the kind of constrained period. So mm-hmm. it would have been great if it had come sooner, but that's what they were working on when they were locked down, um, sure. you know, or, or in the case of my English editor actually having COVID. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, lovely. Uh, and, and apart from that, I've done a bit of writing, but I've done a lot of reading. Um, yeah, just for for a while, you're like a rat in a maze and you kind of sort of dart all over the place. But I yeah. started off reading essays because I'm a, I like reading mm-hmm. 
essays and that yeah. kind of you, you breathe into it and then go back to reading the novels. Well, actually, I should ask him. You, you mentioned about uh, the US and the UK editions of the Absolute Book, and we will get to some things a little bit later. But I'm curious: will you end up with one standard overseas edition for the book, or will there be slightly different British and American editions? The British and American editions, because they're they you know different imprints of Penguin Random House, they're actually working together. Mm. So the editors. So apart from spelling differences, I don't know whether they're going to do a you know, American spelling and a British spelling. We haven't got there yet. But apart from that, all the other work, they can get to do that together. So that's, you know, that's nice and um, good for me and um, good for them. Different covers. But having said that, I got a chance to go back and do some things to the book that I would have been able to do if I had, you know, been able to sit on it for another few months rather than having mm. my New Zealand publisher say, we would like it for the Christmas market, which was great. That all worked out. <laughs> but on the other hand, it's great when you get to go back and um, and figure out how to include things that you had to leave out and how to trim down other things that, you know, where you realize, oh, actually, I don't, I don't. I don't need that bit. (laughs) Yeah, so no, that was fantastic. I've I've really, really enjoyed that structural edit. They didn't ask me to do much, and they said, actually, you you don't have to do anything at all if you want. But then I thought, you know, let me at it. So, so the, the uh, editions, which I think are coming out in the first quarter of next year, there'll be a preferred edition. I prefer, you know, as you know, with, with these new changes. Yeah. Yeah, be my preferred edition, that's for sure. Yeah. But I think everybody ends up preferring whichever one they read first, so I wouldn't want to take that away from the New Zealanders. No, no. Well, let me ask you this then. You've been shut in, you've been reading. What have you been reading? And most importantly, was it any good? Oh, right. Okay, so I have been reading some absolutely fantastic things. Um. Right, well, so I'm going to start, start off by talking about a New Zealand book by Pip Adam. It's my, by my publisher, so it's Victoria University Press, and the book's called Nothing to See. And it's a book where, it, this isn't revealing the trick, because it's revealed very early on. You have two young women who you're not sure whether they're sisters, you're not sure whether they're twin sisters, and then you quickly realize that they're actually the same woman who's split into two people. And mm. she's a recovering alcoholic. She, they are, are a recovering alcoholic with a friend who's in the same situation, a woman who's split in two. And this is a world in which there are a tiny minority of just women who have split into two people. And it's to do with trauma. And it's I don't know what you call it because it's not allegorical, but it has a, sometimes a feeling of allegory, and it is non-realism, and it is high concept, but it's also deeply naturalistic, and it can be read so many different ways as as both as kind of a work of the imagination and also as a comment on society, like mm-hmm. um, the way that they're shunned because they disturb people's ideas of the way things should be, and that just sort of plays up 
the 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 way that it really works in the world where you get the deeply wounded people you know the the forgotten mm-hmm. people the person on the street the pe- person that people avert their eyes from and um Pip Adams very interested in those people and the precarious people of the world and there's a lot in about holding down jobs and the fact that they can actually afford to live because they um they can share a job you know they can work night and day and um and there's there's um stuff about uh one of the men's up moderating moderating boards where people have discussions and that becomes a bigger and bigger job as we move into the world we have and um yeah, I can I can I read a tiny passage from this that gives you a sense of both sure, the, the yeah, sort of, of yeah, yeah, yeah. the way it works. Um, it had the potential to. This is this is about um, um, how she feels about monitoring these these websites. It had the potential to corrupt everything in a way that might undermine the game, that it might contaminate the experiment she felt like she was living in. It was like the people in Roller Coaster Park, but it was real people who could be made to line up and ride. It was a way of taking control of the players. The world was on fire with this sort of thing, and she had been in its path for years. She'd said no for years without any fanfare and as a way of not drawing attention to herself. And then she said yes to this, and by saying it, she was shouting at the fire from inside the fire, making more fire. Here I am. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah, it is. It's Sounds a fan- like a wonderful book. It is a wonderful book. Um, and another book that I have read recently and um was I mean, I've been reading Claire North. I've I liked I, I've liked her and read her in the past, but now I'm reading everything else of hers that I haven't read. And I particularly like the World Fantasy Award winning book, The Sudden Appearance of Hope. And it has some similarities with p- Pip's book and that it's it has a kind of a high concept thing where the the main character is somebody who's forgotten by everybody. She cannot yeah. be remembered for more than, you know, she leaves the room, she's forgotten instantly. It takes like a minute of that. So she has no continuous existence in people's lives, which means that she's a superb criminal. So that runs the plot and um, that's fantastic. But it's also, she's 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 incredibly good with whatever the practical and the philosophical implications of whatever science fiction or fantasy difference she's given her character mm-hmm. and yeah. on their experience of themselves and the sort of whole fully imagined and textured um, sense of the strategies that a person who had this particular problem in the case of hope that she's forgotten you know, their, their material and mental strategies for living. And this book particularly of hers doesn't just do the deep imagining about the strangeness of somebody with a strange problem or a strange curse mm-hmm. or something, which her books do. It also is really kind of existential about identity. Like it really explores that idea of who we are if we're not remembered. Yeah, and mm-hmm. it's terrific. So, yep. Excellent. Yes, I love that. And I re- have been reading a lot of Natalia Ginsburg. Natalia Ginsburg, 1916 to 1991, Italian writer. So I'm reading her in translation. And mm-hmm. 
I started with her essays back when I was, you know, had the rat brain of early lockdown. An essay, a yeah. book of essays called The Little Virtues, which is really short, really pithy, and has got more wisdom per word than any other thing I've ever read. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just, it's just amazing. <laughs> I mean, basically, I found out that I was underlining whole paragraphs all the way through, and I, well, I think I should actually just sort of decide that I should tell everyone, just read the whole book. It's not long. <laughs> None of the essays are long, you know. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, and then her novels. You know, she's got some really great novels, usually with families at their centre. Um, she's very good mm -hmm. on family dynamics. So, yeah, and on ah, oh, she had a peculiar family herself. So, so her autobiographical yeah. work is wonderful. Her father was a man with notions, pretty much like the Christina Stead. Um, the man who loved children, a bit like that, not quite so dark and pernicious, but but um, yeah. but and a, one of those hyper enthusiastic bullies who organises his household according to his ideas about how people should live their lives. So yeah, oh. she yeah she's <laughs> she's very good on that kind of thing. So you know if you like that kind of thing, yeah. Wow. Let me ask you, you, you've been reading these books. Given that people are shut in, there, there's a, you know, a real question about what people might be interested in reading. Do you have anything beyond these books you'd particularly recommend? Is this a good time yes. for comfort reading, for challenging reading? Um, I think it's a good, it's like every other time, it's a good time to alternate between the comfort and the challenging, which is pretty <laughs> much the way I read anyway. But if I was somebody who was stuck inside and I hadn't read these these books, I would read these books. I would read all of yep. Diana Wynne-Jones, the um, yep. young adult writer, the children's writer, who is yes. one of the most inventive writers ever, one of the most entertaining, and, you know, she also has a loving a loving and playful heart. So it's lovely to spend time in her company. Um, I probably read um, all the Patrick O'Brien books, the Audrey Maturin thing where they are mm -hmm. sailing yep. around the world having adventures because you they really get you out of yourself. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you could be in the middle of the ocean, you can, you know, you can be you can be having sea battles and so on. So yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I think I think th those would be my recommendations. Um also with one, you're spending time with lots of different stories, although her Diana Wynne Jones's world, you know, you can end up with a book that relates in some way to another book. But with Patrick O'Brien, you actually just end up feeling like all these people are your friends, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like long form TV, except except quiet, solitary pleasure of reading where you make the world inside your head. <laughs> Did you ever meet Diana Wynne Jones? No, I didn't. And I never was sensible enough to collect myself enough to write her the fan letter I should have written her because, yeah, I love her. I just love her work. I spent a time as a World Fantasy Award judge in the year 2000, and we were judges together. So <gasps> oh. I would call her up. I would call her up and we'd talk for half an hour or an hour. And the image I always have in my mind's eye of Diana Wynne Jones is this, calling her and her telling me that she'd been rummaging through a closet full of gumboots while her husband was watching cricket in the background. And that to me is kind of Diana Wynne Jones in a, in a nutshell. Yep. She was marvelous. Yeah. Just marvelous. Yeah. She was. She's a wonderful person. 
Now, we've touched on this a little bit, but uh, the Absolute book came out at the end of last year to great acclaim, and you, you just said it's coming out in, you know, in, the, uh, in the UK and the US markets in the new year. Um, is that the main thing you have coming up, or is there anything else you have coming out in the world? No, that's 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 what I'm doing. I'm very close to the end of a book of essays again, which you know tends to be a mm-hmm. much more literary production. And apart from that, the novels I'm writing, I, you know, I need to put you know a good six months into both of them, so I'm far away from far away from ending those. And not getting much closer because I'm infinitely distractible <laughs> at the moment. I'm just rat brain. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can well understand that, you know, unfortunately with, with novels, they, they don't progress unless you shut yourself in and finish them. <laughs> yeah, but then you do have to shut yourself in and finish them. Yeah. Sometimes you have to figure out what the hell's what the hell's stopping you from shutting yourself in. And sometimes it's, you've taken a wrong turn. You're like, ah, oh, damn, yeah, they have to throw out all that stuff. <laughs> yes. It feels like one of those things where you like you need the rain to come and save you, so you have to stay in so that you will do them. <laughs> well, that yeah, we don't really have to wait on the rain usually. <laughs> it just well, not, we not just, well it just comes over us and over us. But it's been very dry lately, so yeah. Having said that, oh. well, look, it's been a genuine pleasure talking to you today. I'm really sorry we mentioned this before we started talking that we didn't get to come down to Wellington. I was going to be there and mm. I hope that there'll be something that will draw the community the science fiction community back down there again. And if not until then, thank you so much for making time today. I really appreciate it. Thank you for asking me.